Welcome to Leadership and Life with Sandy Giroux. When you think about today's great leaders, do you ever wonder what makes them so great? Is it just the titles they hold? Or could it also be how they behave toward their people? They lead effectively, not because they have a job in their life, but because they bring life to the job. By following their examples, you can do the same. Now, here's your host, Sandy Giroux. Hello, everyone. I'm Sandy Giroux, and this is Leadership and Life, the show that helps you turn your workplace into a wow place by bringing more life to the office. And that comes in the form of humanity, respect, creativity, rewards. And our topic today is wow place rule number four, a wow place is innovative, creative, and fun. And that last part, because as Dale Carnegie says, people don't succeed unless they're having fun at what they're doing. And encouraging innovation and creativity are great ways for us all to have fun, especially when everyone gets a chance to contribute to the new and exciting things you're accomplishing as a team. Now, innovation isn't just a nice or fun thing to do in business, though. It's a necessity. I don't mean you have to invent or reinvent brand new products every other day, although at least occasional new entries into the market help you stay one step ahead of your competition, especially in a crowded market. But the kind of innovation I'm really talking about is that which creates continuous improvement in your customer service, your employee engagement, and the efficiency of your processes and procedures, which helps your employees be more productive and you be more profitable. And when it comes to innovation and continuous improvement, there are two key questions you need to ask yourself in order to find new ways to improve. The first is... What should we start doing that we're not already doing? Is there a product or service that you currently consider difficult or even impossible to provide, but your customers are asking for? Even small improvements can make a huge difference in the way your customers and employees perceive you. When you get rid of the excuses that no one else is doing it when it comes to someone something positive or Everyone else is doing it when it comes to something negative, so it justifies you saying, well, so we can just do that too. It doesn't matter if it's not good for the clients or customers. Everybody else is doing it, so we can too. But simply justifying your current actions allows you to live in the land of comfortable enough, and that can be a very dangerous place to live. Remember, if you're king of the hill currently and you decide to follow the philosophy of if it ain't broke, don't fix it, just remember that there are plenty of people out there who are willing to find areas where maybe it ain't broke and doesn't need to be fixed, but it can certainly be improved. This all or nothing attitude of it ain't broke don't fix it, is what allows others to capitalize on your success in creating it by making it even better or a little bit different, thereby giving them an edge and a big foot in the door to your business. They're out there looking for these tiny improvements that can be made to something someone else created. And if that creator is caught unaware, 
that creator can be toppled so quickly it will make their head spin. Once again, It's really a case of that all or nothing kind of thinking that keeps people stuck where they are and actually left behind by competitors who never rest and are always looking for the kinds of improvements everyone should be on the lookout for in their organization. If it ain't broke, don't fix it actually says if it's working well enough, if we're comfortable enough, then we don't have to do anything more. We're good. What I'm suggesting is continuing to listen to your customers and your employees. Figure out what they're looking for, even in that great new thing that's working fine now. There's always something that can be improved upon or changed slightly, even if not within the product itself, but maybe with the delivery of the service or the product or the profitability of that product. In other words, Everything that surrounds that product must be at the highest level possible or your competitors will find that tiny, tiny gap and create a big opportunity for themselves. So my philosophy is if it ain't broke, don't fix it, but never stop building upon it. So ask yourself. What are our customers asking for that we don't currently provide? Is there a way for us to say yes or even a partial yes to those requests where we're saying no right now, especially if no one else is providing that service at this time? Look for small opportunities to say yes when everyone else is saying no. Sorry, no one else is doing it, so we're okay. We're not going to do it either. No, get rid of that thinking. By saying that we're okay, it means just that. You're just okay, not a wow. And even worse, you look just like everyone else. There is nothing to differentiate you from the crowd when you do this. So stand out from that crowd. Be different. Be better than the crowd. Your customers and your employees will love you for it. In fact, this point reminds me of a an episode on the TV show, The King of Queens. I don't know if you've ever seen that show, but it is a funny show about a very lovable but very unambitious fellow named Doug who lives in Queens, New York, hence the name. Now, Doug works for a package delivery company called IPS. (laughs) Right. Well, one day, Carrie, Doug's wife, says to him, Doug, if you want to ever get ahead in this world, you're going to have to do something different to stand out from the crowd. To which the unambitious Doug replies, Ah, Carrie, well, there's your mistake. You see, you want me to do something different and stand out from the crowd when I have spent my entire career trying to remain hidden and obscured by that very same crowd. So I ask you, do you really want to remain hidden and obscured by the crowd? Or do you want to do something different to make yourself stand out from the crowd and let everyone take notice of who you are? So that first question, what should we be doing now that we're not doing already, should always be in the forefront of your mind, especially when you and your employees are listening to what your customers are asking for. But that second question The second question you should be asking yourself is just as important as and maybe even more important than the first. And that question is, what should we stop doing that we're doing now? Maybe just because that's the way it's always been done. 
And by the way, another favorite excuse of many people who are uncomfortable in what they're doing now and very uncomfortable with change is that's the way it's always been done. So that means that we're going to have to do it that way for the rest of our lives or our careers. You know, you can realize a lot of additional profit just by being more efficient, more organized, and more aware of what's needed and what's not by asking this question, what should we stop doing that we're doing now? For example, one leader I spoke with a while back told me that her assistant came to her one day and asked this question. You know, we've been creating and distributing three reports every single week for a long time now, and truthfully, I don't think anyone is reading them. May I have your permission to create them but not send them out? Let's see if they're missed. And because I'll still create them, I can send them out if anyone asks for them so we'll know they are missed. But can we just do this quick test? Because of the amount of work involved in creating all three of these reports, not just on my part, by the way, but on the parts of many people who have to provide data and input in order to create the reports, that input is staggering, especially if no one's reading them. So this leader gave her assistant permission to do just that, create the reports, but not send them out. Now, the very first week, one of the reports was missed. So she sent that out. But the other two, no one even noticed that they weren't sent out. Now, she continued this practice of creating them and not sending those two reports out for 30 days. And those same two reports were never missed. Well, at this point, it became painfully obvious that they had been expending tremendous time and labor for creating and distributing two reports that were no longer relevant. So they stopped creating them. And when they added up the labor costs involved in creating those reports every week, just taking the salaries of the employees involved and multiplying them by the number of hours spent on those two reports, they saved over $50,000 per year in productivity and profit costs on two reports alone. What could you do with an extra $50,000 of profits or productivity applied somewhere else in your business? Well, I can think of a bunch of things I could do with an extra $50,000, and I'm sure all of you can too. So if your culture is one of simply maintaining the status quo, you're a prime candidate to be knocked off even a very tall mountain if you don't start looking for ways to encourage and even embrace positive change that will serve your clients better and bring you more efficiency, streamlining, and profitability. Oh, and by the way, a bonus for the employee who brought this uh, report problem to her leader's attention was a great way to encourage her to continue to think of more ways to save time and money. And it encouraged others to begin looking for more opportunities as well. So in order to allow your team to get creative and innovate, you have to let every one of them know that it's okay to contribute their opinions and ideas. And then think of a nice reward you can offer to encourage them to do so more often, more consistently, and on a wider scale. But here's a problem. Too often, leaders tell people to, quote, think outside the box. Now, 
don't get me wrong, there is absolutely nothing wrong with thinking outside the box. The problem comes in the fact that leaders forget that in order to think outside the box, there must be a box. (laughs) The box represents a structure that includes four critical elements that lets people know where to focus. Otherwise, if we just say, hey, start saving money or start improving things, improving processes, well, they're going to be asking, is there an area where we're losing money or where we're just unproductive or not as streamlined as we could be? Are you looking for hard money costs or soft savings in productivity and time? Is there a problem spot where we should focus first? I mean, make sure they're beginning with something that will have the biggest impact right now rather than hoping that they will accidentally come across an area where they spend a lot of time and effort possibly for very little return. So give them some direction. And if we look at the typical shape of a box, we can use the four corners of the box to define those four critical elements for success and create a template for ourselves to use in the future. The first corner is a starting point. Give them a starting point with a clear statement of the problem. Where are you now? What is the exact issue you're experiencing and the challenges involved? And what workarounds may currently be in place? The second corner of the box represents the goals and the vision of where you want to be. What does the end goal look like? How can we get there? What metrics are in place to help us track our progress and to let us know when we've arrived? And the third corner represents the roles, responsibilities, and deadlines. Who does what and by when? Don't allow the old story of four people to rule your organization. You know who those four people are, don't you? (laughs) They are everyone, someone, anyone, and no one. The story goes like this. There was a job to be done. Anyone could have done it. Everyone thought that someone would do it. But no one did, so the job didn't get done. Make sure everyone knows what they're supposed to do and by when if you ever want to have progress on your goals. And the fourth corner of the box is the reporting and rewards piece. How will you inform people of the progress of the project so they know it's actually moving forward or not? Remember, no one wants to spin their wheels in a project that seemingly no one cares about And when that happens, an assumption arises that when a project is no longer being tracked or reported on because they don't see any progress reported on it, then they think it's been abandoned or it doesn't mean anything. It has no value. So why are they wasting their time on it? And as you hit various milestones, make sure that not only you tell them of the milestone so that you can celebrate, but let them know what the team members get out of it as well. So the next time you want your people to think outside the box, be sure to define the box for them before they begin spinning their wheels with nowhere to focus. But how do you decide which box to select for your next project that will help you along the road to continuous progress and continuous improvement. Well, I've developed a few tools to help you identify what needs to be worked on and what you can do to take every single interaction 
in any scenario to the next level. By the way, you know that I do recipes. Well, if you've listened before, you know I do recipes at the end of my show, which we'll do today too. But on my host page, there is a link for show links. And on there is the recipe page that you will go to to get the recipes. Well, today is an added bonus for you. All of the tools that I'll be talking about are going to be on that page so you can download them in PDF format and not have to reinvent the wheel yourself. So take a look at the show links. Get over there to that. You'll see that it is the recipe page, but when you scroll down to episode 8, which is today, today's date, June 19th, you will see that underneath there are three links for some fantastic tools that you'll be able to use in your business. So, thinking about that first tool, let me tell you, we're about ready to take a quick break, but when we return, I'm going to give you a killer template that will allow you to analyze every interaction or step in a scenario, in any scenario you can think of, to find where the experience of the participants is now and how you can get it to the wow experience you wish it to be. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you sometimes find it challenging to inspire your team members to engage and contribute to your organization's success? Do your team members have trouble communicating across and even within generations? Leadership and Life is dedicated to helping you turn your workplace into a wow place by implementing everyday actions that inspire your teams to reach higher. Sandy Giroux, founder and CEO of Wow Place International, has over 30 years of leadership experience and offers deep insights to help leaders and team members build a bridge to understanding and improving the workplace experience. Her insights for leaders help them uncover blind spots and identify what they may be doing to inhibit employee engagement. Her insights for team members inspire them to seek new perspectives, understand others' viewpoints, and find ways to go the extra mile to create wow experiences. Sandy has helped over 25,000 attendees in 125 companies activate a culture of wow. For more information, visit thewowplace.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. The business community's first choice in Internet Talk Radio, Voice America Business Network. This is Leadership and Life. To reach Sandy Giroux or her guest today, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You may also send an email to sandy at thewowplace.com. Now, back to Leadership and Life. And we're back. Now, here is the template I told you about that will help you take even your toughest scenarios and bring them from the level of ow to wow. 
In fact, I call it the How to Wow Target Template. Now, to create the basic template, if you're not downloading it from the website, which you absolutely can do, but if you just want to do it yourself, take a piece of paper and draw a target on it with a bullseye surrounded by two other rings. In the center circle, the bullseye, write the word wow. In the next circle out from the wow, write the words really good. And in the outer ring, write the word okay. And then on the white space off the target, you'll write the word ow. At the top of the page, you will briefly describe the scenario that you're analyzing. You can put any situation into this template and determine where every single element or touch point or step in the process lies on the target. So obviously, if we miss the target altogether, that means we're creating an OW experience with that particular step. And if we have an OW experience, we can just take it and pump it up one level and at least get it onto the target and make it okay. But then we can look at that and say, all right, it's okay now. What else can we do to pump it up even one more level and get it into that next ring and make it really good? And once you get it to really good, well, that's great, but it's still not a wow. How can you pump it up one more step, do one more thing to make it a wow experience and hit that bullseye? One step at a time, you'll analyze where on the target that step falls. So let's take an example of a common work scenario that should be a wow experience, but unfortunately often isn't. And that's the onboarding experience. Now, step one of this experience is, let's say, the first day of work and the way the new employees are greeted. Depending on the size of your company and the processes in place to greet new employees, you may have them first meet with an HR person before going to their department and starting their other duties. But what if you don't have an HR person dedicated to do this? Are you assigning anyone to meet with that person? And does the new person know the name of the current employee that they will be meeting and what time to be there and where to be there? Do they know any special security procedures that they need to know to even be able to get into the building or parking procedures before they get there? If all those pieces are not in place, you could be creating an OW experience with your brand new employee on their very first day, with their very first interaction with you. Now, here's another piece to that piece of the puzzle. Have you told the current employee that they're supposed to meet with the new employee? Sounds crazy, right, that I'm even asking that question? But I have worked with clients whose new employees have told me that they went in on their first day, they knew who they were supposed to meet, but they had to search high and low to find that person and then finally found them only to hear, oh, really? I'm assigned to, to take you around and, and show you the ropes today? Well, it would have been nice if they told me that. <laughs> Unbelievable. Really inviting, isn't it? And now let's move on to the next step. What happens, or the next piece of that step, I should say, what happens if the person who's designated to meet your new employee is late or absent unexpectedly that day? Do you have a backup person assigned to meet with the new employee if that happens? Just taking this precaution can turn an ow that misses the target altogether into an okay or really good or even a wow experience. 
don't let it accidentally turn into a wow. Now, let's look at the next step, their workspace. Do you know how often I hear people who start a new job and find that they don't even have an office or a cubicle, or maybe they do have an office or a cubicle, but they have no desk, or maybe they have a cubicle and or an office and a desk, but no computer, or they have all that space and the equipment, but they can't log into the company systems because they don't have the logins or passwords needed to do so. What? Was it a surprise that the person was starting that day? Having all of the necessary equipment and tools ready for them to use right from the start is so critical in making them feel like a welcome and valued part of the team on day one. Okay, next step. Let's look at who they can turn to when they're learning the job. So often people are thrown into the water without a life raft and told to swim. Who do they go to with questions about the department or their job, their colleagues, and other immediate and far-reaching team members? Who helps them learn the lingo? For example, in the military, there are so many acronyms that it takes forever to learn them all. How do new people get quickly up to speed on the idiosyncrasies of their new organization? Now, some companies have a buddy system where someone's paired up with them for the first 30 days to ensure that they have someone to help them get up to speed quickly. Others, like one of my clients in the Army Corps of Engineers, have created what they call a community of practice, where they put together policy and procedure manuals, glossaries of unique terms, uh, complete employee distribution lists, and a forum of shared knowledge where everyone can go if they want to learn new information or share something new with their peers. All of these things can help people feel more welcome, more part of the team more quickly, and less stupid. Let's put it that way, because if they have to keep asking questions, what does this mean? What does that mean? Where do I find this? Where does this person work? And we could have easily given them a distribution list, a glossary, or things like that. What happens is they start to feel really dumb. And they stop asking questions because they don't want to appear ignorant or stupid. By coming back to the same, sometimes the one and only person they know of, to ask questions that they could get answers to on their own if the organization had only thought to provide a forum for those answers to live. Okay, so, so far, we've been talking about how to take every step of the actual work time experience better, but let's talk about something that is often overlooked, the free non-work times that happen during the day, such as their breaks, and especially lunchtime. Do we think about how they will feel when it comes time to take a break, especially for lunch? Will they have someone to go to lunch with? Now, if there's someone assigned to help them with their work duties or meet with them that day, does it just fall to that person to entertain them at lunch too? What if that person already had lunch plans and can't include the new person? Or what if they just don't think of inviting them and they take off, expecting the new person to, again, find their own way to somebody else at lunch and, okay, I'll be back after lunch and I'll help them again with their work tasks. But What about that lunchtime? What does the new person do 
in the meantime when they're all by themselves in a brand new place. Now, since we don't want them sitting uncomfortably by themselves or trying to break into a work click and invite themselves to join someone else, what if we ask their work helper or someone else to take them to lunch on that first day? Make sure we've got that covered and make it a wow. Maybe we can even cover the cost of that lunch up to a certain limit, of course, for both parties to reward them for beginning to cement a really good relationship. If we all do that, then day one will go great. If all of that gets done, we're okay on day one, but let's think about that. What about day two, especially again at lunchtime? Even if we've assigned a buddy or mentor for the new person's work questions, What about lunch on day two? Is the person who took them to lunch on day one stuck with them for life? (laughs) What if they really didn't hit it off with each other? How do they get out of it? So here's a suggestion. How about assigning a different person to have lunch with them each day for their entire first week? Now, maybe you don't want to pay every day. You can pay for the first day, but not every day. But at least you're taking care of their emotional needs by not making them sit all by themselves, twiddling their thumbs and feeling like a loner. So this way, they're not scrounging around and it helps them get comfortable with enough people during that first week, especially if we make those people someone from a different department with whom they're going to have to work in the future. So how about introducing them to their counterparts in other departments and letting them go to lunch together so that they can feel comfortable when their work processes need human interaction? The best scenario of all is this. Let them start building relationships with as many people as possible in a controlled way on that first week to help them then feel comfortable where they are and then they can start branching out on their own and course we can't hold their hands forever but that first week is crucial you know one of the most critical elements in getting new people connected to the organization is their ability to feel like a member of the family if you will what happens in the first two weeks to 30 days is crucial in determining if they fit like a glove or maybe feel like a third wheel And after all the time and effort it usually takes to even find the right employees, especially in this tough market, don't let them get demotivated in their very first month and start heading for the door in an effort to find some place where they either fit better or feel more at home. The target template is one simple tool that helps you take any scenario to a higher level of experience. But... Allow me to share another story with you that prompted me to create another tool to analyze not only that overall experience, but the experience of each participant all the way through the interaction. I call this tool the anatomy of the wow. And here's the story that prompted it. There's a golf resort, pardon me, that has a not only a hotel, dining room, restaurant, all of that. They have resort facilities, golf clubs, a pro shop, even a golf academy where people can take lessons. So a couple had gone to the resort and booked everything they had for an entire week. Both the husband and wife were going to stay at the resort. 
their meals were included in there. They were going to take lessons. They were going to play rounds of golf all week. And on the very first morning, they went over to the golf club to take their first lesson, only to find out that the men's clubs had made it to the golf club, but the women's clubs had gotten lost along the way. Well, of course, there was a service recovery policy in place that allowed the woman to borrow clubs from the academy without cost to her so that she could play until they found her golf bag. But here was a problem. Her golf glove was still in her bag that was lost. So she's got a couple of choices at this point. She can either buy a golf glove for $30 at the pro shop, but she doesn't want to spend $30 on a glove that she doesn't need. The employee wants to offer her the glove for free, but he is not empowered to offer that to her for free. Her other choice is to just take her chances, hope that she doesn't get a blister, and that they will find her golf bag with her glove soon. So, she starts to golf without the glove. And of course, <laughs> you know what happens. She gets a blister because they didn't find her clubs in time to prevent that from happening. So now, not only does she have a blister, but now she's got to buy the $30 glove because she doesn't want to risk anymore and she's got to protect that hand with <laughs> the blister on it. So she goes through the golf. Meanwhile, they're trying to find a manager to authorize the you know, the giving of this $30 glove and no manager or supervisor is around to help them. So fast forward, they go through the day, they finally find the clubs, but the couple is in the restaurant that night. She has a Band-Aid on her hand. Other people who are staying there for the whole week are also dining with them and look at her hand and say, hey, what happened there? And of course, you know, oh my goodness, you wouldn't believe what happened. And she goes through the litany of all the things that happened. Now, the next morning, they finally do get a manager in touch with her who goes to her, apologizes profusely, refunds the $30, and they all go on their merry way. But here's the problem. If we look at the experience, and we're going to put it into the template that I have in a moment, if we look at the experience all along the way, we find out that there is no wow for anybody in this scenario, especially the associate involved in trying to get her set up with the golf and not able to give her the glove. Now, the result was the same. She got the $30 glove for free, but the end result was that what could have been a wow right from the start turned into a case of, well, it was the least they could do because of all the trouble that they caused her. So here's the tool. Again, you can download it or you can draw on a piece of paper a grid and you'll have five columns on the grid. The left-hand column is for you to put down the step of the interaction that is occurring. The next four columns are for the experience of the associate, the customer, the supervisor or manager, and the company. So let's review the story within the context of the grid. Step one is that a mistake is made, so her bag is lost. That is a negative experience for the customer, the associate, neutral for the supervisor or manager who's nowhere to be seen right at this point, and negative for the company and its reputation. Next, a small logical action was taken to correct it. They gave her some clubs to use. Now, that's positive all around. Another problem is anticipated, though, the blister. 
That's a negative. And the employee isn't empowered to prevent the new problem and no manager is available to help prevent it either. So that's a negative because the customer basically has to choose the lesser of two evils, paying $30 for a glove she doesn't want or need and, or um, getting the blister. So next step is the new problem inevitably occurs. Great. That's negative all around, too. Time lapses between the problem and the resolution now, and she's spreading all of the story around the entire resort that night. Negative again on everybody's part. The next morning when the manager's available, it's positive for the customer. It's positive for the supervisor or manager who's now involved. It's neutral for the associate who's been involved all along. And maybe it's positive at this point for the company and the reputation. But if you look at that and you chart that in that grid, you will see it filled with negative, 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 negative experiences. And even when it is positive, it is never a wow. And look at that associate column. The only positive he actually had was the small thing that he did to give her the gloves. I mean, excuse me, not the glove, the bag and the you know clubs to use at the beginning. But let me offer you something when we come back from our break that will allow you to look at your service recovery policies and allow you to not make your customers have to recover from your existing service recovery. We'll be back shortly. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Do you sometimes find it challenging to inspire your team members to engage and contribute to your organization's success? Do your team members have trouble communicating across and even within generations? Leadership and Life is dedicated to helping you turn your workplace into a wow place by implementing everyday actions that inspire your teams to reach higher. Sandy Giroux, founder and CEO of Wow Place International, has over 30 years of leadership experience and offers deep insights to help leaders and team members build a bridge to understanding and improving the workplace experience. Her insights for leaders help them uncover blind spots and identify what they may be doing to inhibit employee engagement. Her insights for team members inspire them to seek new perspectives, understand others' viewpoints, and find ways to go the extra mile to create wow experiences. Sandy has helped over 25,000 attendees in 125 companies activate a culture of wow. For more information, visit thewowplace.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network.
This is Leadership and Life. To reach Sandy Giroux or her guest today, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You may also send an email to sandy at thewowplace.com. Now, back to Leadership and Life. Welcome back to today's episode of Leadership in Life, where we've been sharing a few templates and stories to help you and your associates get creative and focus on creating wow experiences for customers and each other every day in every interaction consistently. Now, we were talking about the anatomy of the wow just before the break, and this tool helps you and your associates find opportunities to tweak your service recovery guidelines to be able to pump them up to the level of wow. So if you ask your associates to wow your customers, then you need to empower and enable them to do so. What if in the situation we just described about the golf bag, what if you had a guideline that said, if someone is coming here and spending six to $8,000 or however many dollars for a week with us, you have up to X amount of dollars, 50, $100 to do whatever you need to with in order to make anything that goes wrong right. If this kind of a guideline had been in place with this golf bag story, then that employee would have known that they had the autonomy to be able to go and offer a $30 glove to the woman, making it right instantly, making himself feel good, and wowing that customer right from the start. For 30 bucks, it wasn't going to break the organization. And like I said before, it it ended up being the same scenario anyway. They gave the $30 glove away, but the damage that was done in the meantime erased every bit of that wow experience. So think about how you can use that template to create service recovery guidelines that will help everyone create wow experiences for themselves, each other, and your customers. Now there's one final template that I wanted to share with you. And It's a scientific method of creating what-if scenarios. It's called Negative Branch Reservation, or NBR. NBR is used whenever you want to implement something new in your organization, but you want to brainstorm all possible unintended negative consequences that could arrive from implementing it. So in this exercise, you don't need to list the expected positive effects of implementing the action because you know what they are, unless you want to make a pros and cons list. But This exercise is actually to help you proactively think ahead to everything that could possibly go wrong and then brainstorm a way to minimize or eliminate that negative consequence before you actually implement the action. So here's what that template looks like. And again, it's in the show links. You draw a box at the top of a paper and draw a line down the page starting at the bottom of the box. In the box, you'll write the new action that you intend to implement. Pardon me. So what happens is uh, the line represents the trunk of a tree. 
then what you do is you start thinking of all the negative things that could possibly arise and you write them on lines that extend outward to the right and left from the trunk like branches of a tree. Those are your negative reservations that you have when thinking about implementing that action. Now, once you identify the reservations, you brainstorm ways to eliminate them, if possible, trimming that branch from the tree. So, for example, if you want to implement a new policy, you put that up in the box at the top, and then you think about what can you possibly expect to go wrong. Well, for one thing, maybe the employees won't read it. I mean, how much extra time do they really have? And how much inclination do they have to read through a lot of material? How do you trim that branch? Well, one idea is to create a page that highlights or pulls out the important parts. Now, you can still have all the backup for those engineer or accounting types that want all the details, but for those who don't want to read all that, you can just pull everything out on a page that says, if you read nothing else, please read this. <laughs> I would personally love it if just once any financial service company would do that for me. Instead of sending me 13 pages of eight-point type that I have to read just to find out that my interest rate changed. <laughs> really? I don't want to do that, but again, maybe that's just me. So, once you've trimmed the first negative branch, now you think of what's another one that could arise. Well, maybe the employees will read it, but it could be complicated and they may not easily understand it or know how to apply it in their jobs. Now, the solution to that could be to do a little storytelling, which, by the way, is becoming very big in the corporate world. Tell a story that illustrates how the new concept can and should be applied in the workplace. This shows everyone how to implement it in their specific jobs so that they're able to do as you asked. And then that trims the second negative branch from the tree. And you continue thinking of all the things that could go wrong until you can't think of any more. Now, this won't allow you to think of every single thing ahead of time, but it will give you a huge leg up on the process, allowing you to avoid being blindsided by at least the most obvious things that you could and should have thought of ahead of time. And FYI, this is a great exercise for your negative Nellies. You know, those people who find fault with everything. Well, here's, you want, here's where you want them to come up with everything they can. So utilize their talents to the fullest by using this template before implementing new actions. Once again, all of them can be found under the show links on my host page as a little extra bonus on the recipe page of my website. Now, we talked about innovation, creativity, and fun. Well, fun and humor are also so huge in the workplace. We have to have a little bit of fun. And it doesn't even have to be ridiculous fun or fun that takes anything away from anything. Just think of small ways that you can give your people a little laugh or allow them to laugh with each other. You know, Milton Berle once said, laughter is an instant vacation. I mean, don't you feel like you've been away at least just for a little bit when you've had a good laugh with somebody? So find ways to make them laugh or even just chuckle. For example, one leader told me that her assistant knew that she was a big fan of Miami Vice, you know, the old show from way back when. Well, there was a character in the show Miami Vice whose name was Sonny Crockett. And 
the actor who played Sonny Crockett was Don Johnson. Well, one day, coincidentally, a man named Don Johnson called this leader. Now, her assistant could have just given her a little pink slip note or whatever that said, or an email that said, Don Johnson called from such and such a company, call him back, here's the message. But no, knowing that her leader was a huge fan of Miami Vice, she put the Miami Vice logo into an email and sent it to her with a big title or subject line that said, Don Johnson called, exclamation point. (laughs) And then, of course, she said, oh, just kidding. It was a different Don Johnson. But she made her leader laugh laugh for just a minute so that they had a little chuckle together. There, were, there is something funny going on everywhere in life if you just look at it. For example, here's another great thing. Oh my gosh, and I just share this with people. I have a humor file. So I just share when funny things happen or I see great things. I used to live in Rhode Island and Massachusetts area. And in East Providence, Rhode Island, there is a cemetery called the gates of heaven some of my relatives are actually buried there but the funny part of this is that they had this huge sign right at the gates that said the gates of heaven but right underneath it was another sign that said gates close at 4 30 p.m <laughs> so i guess if you don't pass by 4 30 you're not getting into heaven <laughs> I could kick myself for not getting a picture of that while it was still up because that came down later on, I am sure, because they probably took a lot of flack about the gates closing at 4.30 p.m. But look for the humor all around you. In another story I have to share with you, it's about hiring people who are going to be a great fit for you. Years back, I was advertising for a an office manager slash executive assistant slash you know do everything while we're out of the office kind of person and we put an ad in the paper one Sunday got 52 responses and we set up about I'll say a dozen interviews well the very first interview was of this woman named Wendy and she had great credentials she had a great interview I really connected with her and at the end of it I said to her Wendy this has been really great however I have 11 more interviews to go so I really can't hire you today but you've been a great interview I'll get back to you when everything's all done but I can't just blow off these other 11 people and you know their 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 appointments are already scheduled and Wendy said no problem I understand completely but then she got this sly little look on her face and she looked at me and said, unless, of course, you'd like me to call all the other candidates and let them know that the position has already been filled. (laughs) Go, Wendy! You see, she got me in a heartbeat. She got the fact that I have a great sense of humor and I don't want to work with an old stick in the mud. I want people with senses of humor all around me. So guess who every single candidate after that was compared to (laughs) Wendy and guess who got the job yep Wendy because I want to work with people who are going to allow me to have some fun while I'm at the office too I spend way too many hours at work to be bored or disgruntled or just angry all the time with my job so Think of how you get people who are going to be able to be all around you and providing the kind of culture and experience you want to provide, not only for them, but also for yourself. Now, 
That brings me to the food segment. We're going to switch gears a little bit and talk about my recipe for the week. It's actually not an Italian one, but it's an American classic that my family and I love so much that it's been the staple of our Thanksgiving dinner desserts every year for my entire life. And it's pumpkin chiffon pie. Now, I like regular pumpkin pie, but I find it a bit on the heavy side, maybe because I've grown up eating pumpkin chiffon pie. But that pumpkin chiffon pie is so light and airy, it is incredible. And it doesn't sit heavily in my stomach like regular pumpkin pie does. So it's a really nice dessert after a heavy Thanksgiving meal. Although I have to tell you that uh, our holiday meals have so many courses that we wait a while to even have our dessert anyway. Maybe so we can eat two pieces of pie, one pumpkin chiffon and one apple. I mean, come on. How can you choose? I can't. But back to the pumpkin chiffon pie. You'll see in the instructions for the pie that I mentioned you should chill it for at least six hours and preferably overnight. I needed to probably say you must chill it for at least six hours and preferably overnight. I made it quickly one time and didn't give it all that time. And it was awful. It hadn't set correctly. The sugar didn't incorporate into the pie the way it should have because it didn't have enough time. So just make sure, just make this pie the day before you want to eat it and let it set overnight just to be on the safe side. You will be very glad that you did. Now, that does it for today's show. I want to talk a little bit, though, about who I have coming on next week. I am so excited. We have a fantastic interview scheduled with Jim Johnson, founder and president of Bike Tours Direct, who personifies innovation, creativity, and fun all of which he combines in his company where he provides unique and fun-filled bike tours in Europe. But Jim not only provides great experiences for his customers, he also provides fantastic or wow experiences for his employees as he continues to find new ways to attract and retain them, engage them as well. Jim actually also discusses how he reinvented himself at age 50, as well as the benefits he provides in his current company, how he decided on them, how he positions them, and how they work to attract great employees and then engage them so they stay and take ownership for creating wow results for their customers and each other. So don't miss it. I am Sandy Giroux. This is Leadership in Life, and I hope to see you next Tuesday for the next episode with Jim Johnson of Bike Tours Direct. I'll see you then. Thank you for joining Sandy Giroux for Leadership in Life. Be sure to tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time and 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope to see you again next week.